Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everybody. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teen podcast. This is the eighth episode in my Dial Down the Drama series. This series comes from my book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, A Guide for Mothers Everywhere. You can find this book on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Though I wrote this book for moms of teenage girls, most of these concepts apply to teenage boys also. Also remember that early adolescence isn't just high school. It starts as early as nine. This is what they consider early adolescence. So this applies to tweens too. And you can head over to ColleenOGrady.com and I have a free gift for you. You can get a free download of one of my chapters from my book, Dial Down the Drama. Today, I'm going to share why good moms become drama mamas. I have a question for you. How does your teenage daughter push your button? And I I actually would love to know that. And another question is, what does that even mean? What does it mean when you say she or he pushes your buttons? So, The first thing I'm going to talk about is beware of the drama buttons. I actually asked a lot of my moms who are on my Power Your Parenting Facebook page, and you are all welcome to come over there and join us. And I asked them, what are the buttons that your daughter pushes? The one that came up frequently was the disrespect button. So let me go back and tell you, a drama button is on a hair trigger. It can go off with just a little pressure. It generates fears, issues, memories. A drama button can be universal or personal to you. In either case, it takes you straight to the reactive part of your lower brain. This is an automatic and quick reaction which triggers your stress response of fight, flight, or freeze. Or, in other words, when your drama drama buttons are pushed, you go from zero, calm, to a hundred, drama mama, in a split second. In other words, you can lose it. I think most of you know what I'm talking about when I say the disrespect button. Your disrespect button gets pushed when your daughter fires off something that you would never, ever say to your own mother. She does something that you would have never done, and she acts in a way that is very, very disrespectful, dismissive, and she says, you can't tell me what to do. One mother said, the disrespect button goes off with those sassy eye rolls, and when my daughter walks away when I'm trying to explain something, and all she says is, whatever. In other words, your daughter basically gives you the hand. Another button is called the guilt button. 
And your daughter is going to use the guilt button when she's not getting what she wants. So it may be a comment like, Mom, like I never get to do anything, and I really want to go to the concert with Sophia, and if I don't get to go, I mean, she's not going to ever be my friend again. Well, comments like this throw us into this inner conflict, and they kind of work because we're probably already feeling guilty about something, like we might be, f- be feeling guilty that we're not home as much as we'd like because we have so many volunteer responsibilities or we work outside of the home, or it might work because we feel guilty because we're going through a divorce or um, we've been focusing our attention on another child who may be sick. So we're already feeling like we're not a great mom. And so they kind of prey on this. Another huge button for us is the taken for granted button. No mom wants to be taken for granted. And when you have an entitled teenager who thinks that's like your job to pick up after her and do her chores and go out and run her errands for her, and she doesn't say thank you, oh my goodness, that is going to push our buttons. Or when we sacrifice for them and we've done something really, really nice, we, we threw an amazing birthday party and we went all out to make it so special for her and she doesn't even say thank you. In fact, you ask her to do one little thing and she blows up. That is definitely going to press the drama button of taken for granted. Another button is the fear button. And this is probably the hottest button of all. Because when it's pushed, it brings up issues from the past. So let's say your daughter, she has a huge temper tantrum and she throws a book across the room and you just have this fear run through you because you think, she's turning out like my ex-husband. Or you see your daughter walking out of the house with a really short skirt on and too much makeup And you go, oh, I do not want her making the same mistakes that I make. And so just fear shoots through you because you don't want her to repeat what you did. The fear button gets pushed when your daughter's supposed to be home at midnight and it's 1.30 in the morning and her phone is dead. Fear buttons trigger explosive reactions in us because they are about our daughter's well-being and safety. The problem with drama buttons is that once they've been pushed, you're offline from the higher brain and you're not able to really think rationally. You're missing important information. And it puts you into stress response with all or nothing thinking. You can't see the big picture, so you jump to conclusions rather than looking at the situation accurately. And when you react, you trigger a reaction from your daughter. Now, both of you are offline from your higher brain, and you are doing the drama dance. So what do I mean when I talk about a drama dance? Well, your daughter says something sassy to you. She pushes one of your drama buttons. You react. Then your daughter reacts back. And so now this becomes an interactional sequence of behavior that starts to get repeated over and over again. And so they become very predictable dances. 
So one of those is the argue dance. Arguing is not a conversation. It's really a limbic reaction or a stress response. So you may start off thinking that you're setting a limit with your daughter and you say something like, you know, you can't go out this weekend until you bring up your grades. Your daughter is going to use what I call adolescent logic, which is not very logical at all because what she really wants is to go out. She doesn't really want to be logical. She wants her way. But you're thinking that you're dealing with an adult because she kind of looks like one. So you are trying to be reasonable with her. But then she throws out all these tangents like, oh my gosh, mom, you just want me to be perfect. Well, that's not very logical because you just want her to bring up her grades and you care about her. So it's not that you want her to be perfect. That's not the issue at all. And once you, so you're trying to say, that's not it. I don't want you to be perfect. And then she throws something else out from left field. So you think I'm stupid, right? You think I'm stupid. Everything I do is wrong. Now, you may think I'm exaggerating, but I have heard this over and over and over again in my private practice. So this is what they do. And it gets so frustrating. And so we keep thinking if we come and offer something very reasonable back that they'll see our great logic. And when they don't, well, we can blow. And then the argue dance turns into a full-fledged battle. Now, this isn't real pretty. When we get into the battle dance, we want to win the war. And so we pull out the big weapons of shaming, labeling, belittling, mocking, and I've had moms admit slapping. And these are good moms. We just get pushed to the brink. I had one mom tell me that she had to slap her daughter in the face to get her to stop being so disrespectful. So you could probably see the irony in that. I mean, that was pretty disrespectful of mom. When we get pushed to the brink, we do things like we start imitating our daughters or acting like our daughters or being as rude as the daughters are to us back at them, thinking that we're showing them how rude they are. But actually, we have just now gone down to the adolescence level. The girl who got slapped is not going to learn any lesson except that mom lost it. She's not going to learn anything productive. I had a mom come into my office, and she looked perfect. You know, I felt like a slob in front of her. I mean, she, her hair was perfect. Her shirt was perfect. She had a cute outfit on. I mean, she was, her makeup was perfect. And she told me how horrible her daughter was, that she, her daughter always was just so rude and, and just fought with her all the time. And, and, and so she um, sent her daughter in to see me. So when I saw her daughter, it's like, and I saw her daughter by herself, um, she was very nice to me, and, and that happens. I've seen, I mean, I know that, that the girls can be really nasty in front of the moms, but she was very polite, and, and she said, no, I don't like it when I fight with my mom, and, and I, I feel bad, so I try to just stay away from her. And, and she said, would you like to see our fights? Well, she had videotaped several of these fights. So 
I would call that she had videotaped several of these battle dances. And it was really hard. And of course, I did watch it. But it was really, really hard to listen and watch it because mom was mocking her daughter. And it, it was horrible. It was horrible. I mean, the, the girl did yell, but mom was 90% of it. She had completely lost it. And the mocking, the belittling, the labeling, the shaming, it's very harmful to your daughter, to your relationship. And there can be scars for the rest of your life. I had a mom who she was in her 60s, and she was still struggling with her 95-year-old mom, that those scars from the adolescent years had not been healed. I get it. I understand how you can fall into the battle dance. And I think when we're in that place of the reactive part of our brain, we justify all these, these tactics of sh shaming, labeling, belittling, and we say things that feel like the right thing to say at that time, but, but really it's so out of character for who we are. We really want to encourage our daughters, but we hear ourselves when we're that upset saying things like, you're a liar, you're a slob, you're a slut, you're a loser. And that's not at all what we want to do. We don't want to tear our daughters down, but we, that's exactly what we're doing. And I think the reason why we do this is because we feel so powerless. So we use more force, we amp it up, we yell, we raise our voices, but we lose our credibility, we lose our connection, and your daughter is not learning anything positive at all from you except how to lose it and how to use force. So this has to be turned around. This chapter could be one of the most important chapters of this book to dial down the drama. And I wish I could say it was all your daughter's fault, but it really never is. Because when it becomes the dance, you're a part of it. You have been hooked into the drama. And I don't say this in a blaming way. I mean, this is why I wrote the whole book. It's so easy to get drawn into this. But it's so crucial now that you first start off by dialing down your own drama. And by that, I mean you've got to turn down the intensity of your feelings. And one way you can do that is that you physically remove yourself from the dance to calm down. And this feels like so counterintuitive when you're standing in front of her because walking away can almost feel like your daughter's winning. But this is the first step to the empowered dance. You need to calm down because when you're emotionally flooded, you're offline from your higher brain. So when they say you're not dealing with a full deck, we are not when you're upset. So calming down helps you be able to get clear again and get a strategy. So if we're in that situation with your daughter, you need to say, you know, we need to take break. I need to think about this. We can talk about it later. So have a strategy for calming down. You might need to walk around the block. You may need to just go to the store. 
You may need to go call a friend. You can distract yourself by going shopping, going to a movie, or taking a yoga class. In the chapter, I also talk about once you calm down, how do you lay it down? And I give you some strategies for that. Once you lay it down, how do you turn it around? A big part of that is becoming aware of how you get hooked and, and what happens for you. What? So here's some questions that could be helpful. You know, which of my drama buttons got pushed? Like, what was it? What tactics did my daughter use and how did I react? How did I justify my reaction? Which drama dance did I participate in? What kept me hooked? What memories did it bring up? What are my fears? See, your awareness moves you forward. And when you can identify your part in the drama dance, then you can change the dance. It's so easy to get drawn into the daughter's drama and get hooked in it. And that's why good moms become drama mamas. But when you understand that your reactive part of the brain is running the show, then that awareness can change everything. So when you calm down, you step back, and you evaluate by asking those questions, you become an empowered mom. You're no longer going to let your reactive side run the show. Now that you have your new awareness, you are ready to learn some new dance steps. So this empowered dance begins with your decision. It is proactive and intentional. It keeps the big picture in mind and does not focus on the drama. It is strategic, purposeful, leaving you and your daughter empowered. So the rest of the chapter in my book, I go into detail about the next four steps for the empowered dance. So quickly, because we're running out of time today, those four steps, and I go into much greater detail in the book, is you have to decide beforehand. You've got to decide no matter what, you're not going to participate in the drama dance anymore, that you're going to take the lead in the empowered dance. You're going to decide that you're going to stay connected. You're going to stay connected to your daughter every day with good, positive experiences. You're going to anticipate and prepare. You know, you can anticipate when your daughter's going to be edgy and stressed. And there's certain times of the day that are more stressful than others. So when you can anticipate that, you can put on your metaphorical mother shield and protect yourself. And you're going to wait for strategic moments because in the empower dance, timing is everything. You know that if either of you are emotionally flooded, it's not the time to work through these problems. The good news is it's not too late. It takes courage to evaluate your own part in the dance. And I would strongly encourage you to spend some time and identify what are the buttons that your daughter pushes and why. What does that bring up for you? You know, your daughter can really help you grow. And then what are the dances that you and your daughter can fall into? And, and what are those? What would you name that dance? The good news is the empowered dance starts with you, and it can change with you just deciding to take a different step. So decide what that step is going to be today. 
You've been listening to Power Your Parenting Moms with Teen podcasts. Be sure and go to ColleenOGrady.com for more helpful resources. You can also get a free chapter from my book, Dial Down the Drama. Or join me on Facebook at Colleen O'Grady Power Your Parenting. I'm there every single day. If today's podcast was helpful, go to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble and you can order my book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter. I will talk to you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.